Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, we are in week two of this series. We started last week with Begin With Prayer. You can always catch up, of course, online. And this week, we're going into the next letter of the acronym B-L-E-S-S. I just want to remind you why we are doing this series. And the reason is simply this. We are absolutely thrilled with the way things are going for us, our online connection and the way people join us from that. We hear reports of people coming to faith joining us. Many people who even come on a Sunday now into physical locations first came online. We're glad with the way C3 Impact is going and the work of C3 Impact. It was one year to the day last Friday since we bought the bright yellow vans so we could do food outside and they had a celebration of how many people have been connected. We're thrilled with C3 Impact. We're glad in our physical services. We're glad to be back here in Cambridge. In Scotland, they're allowed to sing in church services from tomorrow. How about that? So if it happens in Scotland, surely it's coming here. But from tomorrow, after Sunday, they've they've made it. They're going to be allowed to sing. So we're thrilled to be back in physical locations, in Bury St. Edmunds, here in Cambridge, in Colchester, that we've got the services Katie mentioned. We're glad. Thank you. Those of you that have been writing to us, we had letters again this week from people in prison. And we are grateful for what the work goes out every Sunday into the prisons. And we have beautiful letters which are heart-rendering for many of you in prison. But what we're concerned on is that we must not leave loving our neighbor simply to a project, simply to a department, simply through an appeal on a Sunday, loving our neighbor must be a personal responsibility for every single one of us. And this series is all about how we can better love our neighbor. That's what we are called to do. Eight times in the Bible, we are told to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's so important to God that he made it a command to us. There is not an option. Oh, I'll leave that to someone else. No, we're to do it individually. Let me read this scripture to you from James. This is James chapter 2, verse 8. I'm reading it from the English Standard Version. James writes, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, and then he defines what the royal law is, He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he adds, you are doing well. What he says there is, if we love our neighbor as ourselves, then we will fulfill this royal law. It's become known as the royal law of love. Why royal law? Maybe it's because the most important commandment that was given along with love, Lord your God, in your heart, soul, mind, and strength in the Old Testament. Or maybe it was because the King of Kings reiterated it as the most important command to love your neighbor as yourself. It's called this royal, this kingly command. And if we do this, we'll be doing it well. We are called to be a blessing in our world. We are those who by faith are the children of faith in the line of Abraham, and we're meant to be a blessing. So last week, 
we started with begin with prayer. Anthony Delaney, thank you so much for kicking off the series. That's the B of the B-L-E-S-S, begin with prayer. And today, we're moving on to the second letter, L, which stands for listen. Let me ask a question here, and I'm going to show you a little clip of what it is. If anyone in the room or online, if you're in the room, shout it out. If you're online, type it in your little chat box. Does anyone here know, come on, be brave, what a Mondi Green is? Hello? A Mondi Green. Anyone want to write it in the chat? We'll, we'll give you a prize if anyone knows. Well, I'm going to read to you what a Mondi Green is. Obviously, I, I, this is one I prepared earlier. A misunderstanding or misinterpreted word or phrase resulting from a mishearing of the lyrics of a song. That, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is a Mondegreen. Now, in case you're trying to think of some right now, I just want to show you this little example. We have a guest with us this morning. Take a look and listen what a Mondegreen is from Peter Kay. You're all about a karaoke. When you're singing on a karaoke, you haven't got a clue that those were words. I was singing, um, take that back for good. Wash your back, wash your back, wash your back. Want your back? What's this? Want your back? I've been singing, wash your back, 15 years. So then when you go on a karaoke and you see lyrics, that's what they're supposed to be singing. You know that song, We Are Family? For years I thought they were singing, just let me staple the vicar. Right? <laughs> who's right and who's wrong here? Listen. All of the people around us, they say, Just let me staple the vicar. What's all that about? Just let me staple the vicar. You know Duffy, Duffy the Welsh songstress, last three years I thought that poor cow were begging me for birdseed. Cars, beautiful song. They use this on Live Aid. Do you remember? They showed it over this harrowing footage of these starving Ethiopians. <laughs> if you listen closely, they're actually singing about pork pie. Pork pie. Where to go? Money. Apparently, according to Michael, your burgers are the best. I can hear you 
must have had one of them burger vans. You know they have at Bonfers? Doing steak Canadians and hot dogs. Speaking of hot dogs. Near, far, you are. I believe the hot dogs go on. Got a bit of rivalry here, Michael. <laughs> Celine's peddling hot dogs. Johnny's patch. There's some examples for you of Monday Greens. Miss hearing our neighbours, or worse still, not listening to them, should be a crime. Barna, who is a research group in the United States, they research a lot into Christian issues and matters, they did a survey with neighbours of Christians and they asked them what they would value in a person with whom they could talk about spiritual matters. And here's the number one thing that the research revealed. This is what people want from us if they want to talk about spiritual matters. They want someone to listen without judgment. Listen without judgment. I'm sorry to say, and I include myself in this, what we Christians have been really good at doing is bringing judgment. So we're known not so much for our listening, but for our judgment. We don't only mishear, we don't listen without bringing judgment. And someone once said that listening is one of the purest forms of love. One of the purest acts of love is to listen. I've been involved recently with a, a couple of people Christians who have fallen out. Can you believe it? If anyone's on watching online or in the room, Christians fall out. And these two people have fallen out. And I've discovered that in their argument, and I'm trying to help them resolve it, and they're throwing all kinds of things like unrighteousness and this, and I don't think there is. They're simply trying to change the other person. And this person over here is trying to change them. And this person over there is trying to change them. Can I just tell you, I, I, I've discovered this. You can't change anyone. There's only two people that can help you change. Number one, yourself. Number two, the Holy Spirit. And even the Holy Spirit wants your cooperation. We're trying to change people. So we listen to think, how can I change them? Why don't we just listen in order to listen? rather than bring the judgment. What our neighbors want is for someone just to lean in and listen. I had to go to my GP. I really like my GP. I'm not going to do a public um, uh, praise party for him, but I, I love, I don't go that often, thankfully. But whenever I go, I always join, it always comes into the, uh, the, I'm going to say the studio then, the surgery, where I'm sitting you know, the waiting room, takes me through, opens the door for me. This time I, I went and, and I, I went into his surgery and he sat me down right in front of him, not side on side. He moved his chair over, sat right in front of me like this. And he just looked me in the eye and said, how are you? And I was thrown. I was thrown by the fact that he looked me in the eye. I realized that maybe it's got worse. We'd be going out walking in our area a lot more than many of you have. When you walk past people, most people look down. They don't look you in the eye. 
Let's just see Paul Seekings out running, and I know him. We look each other in the eye. But others, they, they just look down. Well, my doctor looked me in the eye, and I felt a little bit awkward for a moment. He just said, how are you? Well, obviously, I wouldn't have been here if I was all right. So I said what my condition was. The Bible doesn't say this, but I think it was Shakespeare maybe, or some say it was Leonardo da Vinci. It says, the, the, the eye is the window of the soul. What the Bible talks about is the eye is the lamp of the body. This is Matthew 6. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. You can look into someone's eyes and see something of their condition, something that's going on on the inside. And what my GP did to me, he just listened. And I simply want to say today, this, I've got one point. I think we can do better by simply listening. Simply listening. Angie and I as well, this last year we went for some counseling. When we were finding a lot of pressure on, it's the first time in our lives we've had this kind of counseling and Really, it wasn't marriage counseling, in case you're wondering, though I would not be opposed to that if we had issues in that way. We, we went for counseling. And we did it all on, on Zoom. I discovered that I found it really awkward when people asked me questions about me. Because I'm really used to asking other people questions about them. And I wouldn't class myself as a counselor in any way, but I've been in the people business for a long time. And I knew what the next question was that they were going to ask me after they'd asked it. And I'm trying not to say to them uh, the, next, the next part of the, 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 uh, the answer. And then I found it really hard not to ask them, and now, guy, uh, hey, guys, how are you doing? And we were paying for this. We were paying for someone to listen to us. And I said, I just wanted to say, how are you doing? How, how's your relationship? How's it going? But I, no, no, we're not there. But they listened to us. We can be good listeners. You know that survey that was done by Barna? Two-thirds of those interviewed who said that they just wanted someone to listen without judgment, two-thirds of them said they had no one in their life that did that to them. No one. Two-thirds. I look back when I came to faith. Some of you know my story. I gave my life to Jesus many times as a child. I really don't know which one stuck, but praise the Lord, one of them did. And then I had an encounter with Jesus at the age of 16 in De Montford Hall, Liverpool University, with a singer-songwriter, Graham Kendrick, and a preacher called Eric Delve. And that night, I recommitted my life to Christ. At 16 years of age, I went back to the church that I was still part of, told my pastor, he said, oh, it won't last, son. It was just an emotional response. Yeah, it was. But it's lasted these, the rest of my life. That's why I believe one decision can change everything. It's lasted, changed my life. But I got so passionate about Jesus at that point, which I think we all should be. And I was just starting an apprenticeship. I did an apprenticeship as an electrician. And for those of you then thinking, oh, can Steve help with the electrics? No, I haven't got a clue about them. That was 473 years ago, and things have changed since then. So no, I don't know anything. But I did that apprenticeship, moved into the design office, and at the career there with Unilever Research. And the apprenticeship was fantastic. They moved you into all different departments. And someone had told me, whenever you move into a new department, nail your colors to the mast. Tell them you're a believer. So usually I'd walk in and I'd say, hi, my name's Steve. They'd tell me their name. And within seconds, I'd be telling them when I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus, are you? 
And I was very, very bold. Some would say obnoxious. And I remember one time I went into a toilet cubicle and someone had written on the cubicle as I was reading quite a bit of information that was there on the back of the door. And it said, God is dead. Well, I couldn't resist it. So I got my Sharpie out, or the equivalent of in those days, and I just wrote underneath, no, he's not. I thought, I'll leave it at that. Next day, I needed to go again. I won't go into detail, but <laughs> it was just a regular habit. And I went the next day, and I thought, I'm going to go to the same place. So I went the same one, and they'd written underneath, prove it. So I wrote underneath, I spoke to him this morning. And then I went back the next day, and they'd written underneath, that doesn't prove he's alive, that just proves you're a bit of an idiot. So I wrote, well, if you put your feet, I, I said, well, I, I, I know he's alive, I've felt him. And then they wrote underneath, how can you feel him? So I wrote underneath, this is over a few days, and, then, and it went on, it was quite long. In the end, I was lying on the floor doing the last one. And I, I wrote, if you put, you can't see electricity. I was, I was training as an electrician, guys, I'm 16. Uh, you can't see electricity, but you put your fingers in the sockets and you'll feel it. Yeah, I thought I got them then. And I carried on, I won't tell you the rest of it, but it, 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 it went worse. And then I was in the workshop one day and my supervisor, who they had elevated offices where the, the, the management looked down on us every day. And uh, he came out of the office and he shouted, Billy! Because that was my nickname by them because they called me Billy Graham being an evangelist. They said, Billy, you've got to start writing on the toilet door. They knew it was I. I was undone. Now, I just want to tell you, this is not an approved method of evangelism for reaching our neighbors. Don't write on toilet doors. It's not right. Okay? But they guessed it was me. And I look back and I think, I wish I'd just listened more. Instead of trying to give them all the answers, maybe if I'd have just listened to the stuff they were going through. I did get better as I got older. I remember one guy, Mike, when I moved into the design office, was pouring his heart out to me about his wife leaving me. And he said, I've got no one else to speak to. And I think we built a bridge of relationship through listening to him that allowed me to share anything more rather than me pontificating and saying, I'm right, you're wrong. Listen. Love in action is listening. I want to try something that is going to be a bit awkward, especially for you guys online. I want us to just have 20 seconds of silence in the room. And I want you to actively listen. And if you're online, listen where you are. And then if you want to write it down, you can write it down. Or if you just want to think about it, just listen to what you're then hearing that previously you weren't hearing, yet it was still happening, like that phone ringing that's in the room here. Did you hear that? What are you listening for? What, what can you... So here's 20 seconds of awkward silence. Listen in.
Now, we're in one of the best acoustically treated buildings in the whole of Cambridge, so we can't really hear a lot more that's out there, but in here, you hear the fans on the lights? Now, you weren't thinking about that before, were you? That noise, it's the fans on the lights to keep them cool and on the projectors. Sound like I know what I'm talking about, I don't really, but uh, it sounds good. What about you in, online? Did you hear the birds singing outside? We were sitting in the garden last night. The birds singing. All those sounds were there before, but as soon as you actively listen, you hear what is just in the background. And I just want to say to us, it's not rocket science, but we're not building a rocket. <laughs> Let's listen to people. Let's actively listen. If you want to love your neighbor and bless them, we have to listen. Now, the ultimate listener, of course, was Jesus. Let me read this passage to you here. It's in your outline notes, if any of you are following, following along. And it's from, Matthew, it's from Luke chapter 18, verse 35. It says this, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, this is the blind man, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. You know, this was a busy town. This was a busy season. There was a lot of people coming into Jericho. There was a lot of noise that was going on. But Jesus somehow was able to hear in the midst of all the noise a voice that was crying out for help. I've said it before. Some of you know this. My wife, I've always found it amazing in a nursery full of children with all the cacophony of sound, she'd always be able to tune in to the sound of our own children if something was wrong or they were crying out. It was like a, a radar picked it out. And Jesus, with his children, able to do the same with people that are in need of help. He can hear all the cacophony of sound, but he tunes in and he listens. And this is what he does. He asks the man a question. He doesn't give him the answer. He doesn't immediately come and say, I can see what's wrong. He wants to know, what do you want? You know, good listening can start with good questions. Good listening can start with good questions. And he asks him, what do you want? The man says, I want to see. I'd read this passage a number of years ago. I remember when we were doing a outreach in a place called New Brighton in the Wirral. In those days, it was neither new nor bright. It's had a lot of investment. So if you're watching from the Wirral, I know it's wonderful now. And we did a, a, a healing service in a place called the Floral Pavilion with a speaker, a man called Ron Tempest. And we were actually away at Bible college, but we came back in order to be on the prayer team. And the title of this event was this, Do You Want a Miracle? How's that for boldness? We packed out the floral pavilion. It was full. Hundreds of people came. 
And I shall never forget that night being in the prayer team when the appeal was made, do you want touch from God, do you want healing? I was, I was in the center by an aisle. And a lady was pushed out in a wheelchair. And I tried to move away so as that someone else could pray for her. I've got to be honest. But I couldn't get anywhere. And she came. She was being pushed right down to me. I remember her leaning down to listen to her. And I asked her, because I read this passage, what do you want? Because I was, I, was, I was really scared because it was pretty obvious what she wanted. She was in a wheelchair. But she said to me, I just want peace inside. I've got to tell you, the sweat that was on my head right now, it kind of, whoo, because I had faith for peace. I wasn't sure I was going to be up to praying for the legs. So I said, I think I can pray for that. And I remember praying for her. She was an older lady, praying for her for peace in Jesus' name. That's what she wanted more than anything. Didn't know her actually looking at her. She was elderly. Maybe she was, I don't know, I'm inventing this in my mind. Maybe she was close to death. Maybe she wanted peace going into the future. The most important thing for her was not necessarily the legs suddenly found strength, but the rather she could find peace with God. And I prayed for peace. Questions are a good way of listening. I'm going to show you a little clip because I think it's very important as well that we don't just listen to people around us, but we listen to the culture that we're in. So we answer the questions our culture is listening to. This last few weeks, we've given £5,000 to World Vision. And they've used it for work in India. Do you know our neighbor is not only the person next to us. Because we live in a global village, that phrase has been used over many years now, we have a responsibility to the poor and the needy globally. That includes what we do with vaccines. That includes what we do with people that come into our nation that need help. We have a responsibility. One of the reasons we gave to World Vision is honestly, they're good listeners. I've seen this on the ground in Jordan. I saw the way they listened to the needs of the community and met them in Jesus' name. They didn't assume they knew everything going in. They listened. And this is just a little clip they sent us because they want to say thank you to us to show the impact that they've made even in this last year with COVID because we can make a difference. And then after this, I'm just going to talk about how we can listen very quickly as we finish. Let's watch this from World Vision.
And we're part of that. We're part of that. What I love about them and I want to commend us to do as we finish is this. Let's listen with our heart. It was in a book I read many years ago, Habits, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. He says this, seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. And I think we can listen by doing this. Three things as I finish. Number one, pay attention. Unless you're watching online now on your phone, I'll just say this. Let's put the phone down more. Let's, let's close the laptop. Let's switch off the TV. Let's listen with our eyes. Let's listen with our heads. Nod if you're in agreement. It really helps on Zoom. Nod. Pay attention. Number two, don't pontificate. Don't tell them what to do. Remember what the Bible says? Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Use your ears twice as much as you use your mouth because you've got two of them and just one of these. Listen. Don't pontificate. Even if you think you know the answer, hold back. Bite your tongue. Thirdly this, have a posture of curiosity. Ask open-ended questions. Dallas Willard said this, the first act of love is always giving attention. So as we go through this series, and next week we've got the author of this book with us speaking about the third letter, eat. Won't go into any more of that. But can I say, can we, can we get this as part of our habits on your chairs? Or there's a, a, a link for you to download this online. There's this little pamphlet where you can put the eight people you're praying for. Begin with prayer. And then on the other side, you'll see this acronym BLESS, what it all stands for. Can we get these as to daily habits? You say, oh, begin with prayer, listen, this is really easy. If it's really easy, let's do it. We want to make it easy. If it's that easy, let's do it. And let's get this into the very DNA of the church, that we are those that are known, not just in our corporiety, but in our individuality, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Let me pray for you, and I'll finish. Lord, we want to be a blessing. We want to bless the world around us. Help us to listen. You are the great listener. Thank you that you're listening to us now. Help us to listen in Jesus' name. Amen. Just with our heads bowed, eyes closed as we finish this section of our service before we sing another song. I also want to ask this. If there are any here in the room or online and you've never given your life to Jesus, he's listening. His ear is inclined. He is gentle and lowly and humble of heart. And therefore, he leans in. I read a quote on Twitter yesterday, which someone says, we should never look down on anyone unless we're seeking to pull them up. Jesus doesn't look down on you unless it's to pull you up, to lift you higher. It's got a place reserved for you, destiny for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you can do it today. He's listening. So I'm going to pray a prayer. If we're in the room, we can pray it out loud. If you're watching online, you can pray it out loud as well, wherever you are. And at the end of this, if you said yes to Jesus for the first time or maybe recommitting your life, like I did on that day at 16, which changed my life, I recommitted my life. 
then I'm going to ask you in the room to raise your hand and we're going to ask you online just in the chat to, to write yes. That's all you need to say, yes. You're saying yes to Jesus. So let's pray it out loud. Help me and help those that are doing it by praying it out loud in the room here. Pray this. Lord Jesus, today, I know you're listening. I give you my life. Hear my voice as I confess you as Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me a brand new start. I call you Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Still with the heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're online, write yes right now. Yes, yes. If you're in the room here, anybody saying yes today, you prayed that prayer first time, recommitment to Jesus, would you just raise your hand so I can see you? Saying yes to Jesus today. Anybody? Anybody across the room? I have decided to follow Jesus. Hey, no one that I can see in the room. But that doesn't stop you going into the foyer afterwards and telling someone, I did pray that prayer. Because I think there are people here that have. You didn't raise your hand. You can go and receive a Bible. We'd love to pray with you. If you're online, we'll be in touch with you. Great decision for saying yes to Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet. If you're in the room here, those of you that are watching, stay with us as we sing this last song together. Join in. You can sing in your room. We can't in here. We can only listen to these beautiful musicians as we worship Jesus. Come on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.